0: Jalen, why don't you come on up? We're in the middle of, yeah, oh wow. Someone's whistling at you. It's Joe. Okay, <laughs> he says, it's Joe. Uh, we're, in the, <laughs> we're in the middle of a series right now called Value and Practice, and we're having different members of the congregation share on something that they have a lot of expertise in. And so we have shared values as a community and ways that we live out those shared values together. And today to share on our value on reaching the lost is Jalen Drath. He, he says his last name is Droth, but ask his wife about it. <laughs> She'll say Droth too. Yeah. Just kidding.
1: Um, I feel so short in front of this table. I need a few extra inches. Maybe we should warm pumps today. Um, well I, you know it's funny so we I've just finished up school this this past week and you know the great part is that Daniel decided that it was good to give me homework so and I got to do some homework and uh, put this all together um, so uh, I'm talking about why we need to reach the lost um, and, and move forward um, with that so I'm gonna start there um, and that's something. I don't think I'm probably going to have to convince many of you of, um, is that we do need to reach the lost. Um, Jesus initially, one of, his, one of the things right after the resurrection um, that he brought to us was the Great Commission. And I, again, that's something, uh, if you come to church, you, you probably know, you've heard that your whole life. Um, and it says, go and, and make disciples of all nations, right? Um, and when Jesus says to go, that means we have to take action. Um, you can't sit at home, you can't go to church just every Sunday. And, and week by week, you go, and you go every Sunday for your whole life um, without living this out in some way. Um, so we need to go. We need to take action. Um, we need to share that good news that we have received, because um, that's the only way that people will um, do it. And, and it has to be all nations. It has to be all people groups. It has to be people we don't even expect to set foot in a church building. Those are the people that we're really looking for Um because obviously the people in this room were not going to reach you guys you guys have accepted Jesus you have you have committed that that um, that decision that you've made in your life and that's such an important decision that we need to share um, Jesus again he he moves forward and as he comes on this earth he talks about um, you know, not to come to call the righteous, so not to come to call us, but sinners, people who don't know um, Jesus, people who don't know uh, the goodness that is there. Um, he came for the people who wrote the religious people off in that time, um, and they, they just studied and studied the Word, and like I said, you could come every Sunday, and you could keep studying and studying, and you don't actually, you forget to love people. You forget to how to do that and, and reach your neighbors and reach the people around you um, and go from there. So in Mark 2.17, you know, Jesus talks about how, I, you know, it's not about, the the healthy, they don't need a doctor, but the sick do. And I've come to it for the sick, not the healthy. I've come for the people who are hurting and are in pain and and don't have anywhere else to go. And they turn to all kinds of things in this world, but they forget that eternity is on their heart. And I, I am the one coming for them. Um, and, you know, before I just talked about a little bit of action, too, and in a way that I... I really love where um, Jesus was at, and and one story that really sticks out in my mind often and has come up a lot when I'm thinking about how we reach people who are not like us is the woman at the well. Um, In this time, Samaritans, they were not talked to by Jews. Um, There was a divide in that time, and it wasn't wasn't very normal, Um, and especially not women. So when Jesus was there and talking to a woman, it was very bizarre in the time for the people, and... I think that that's what we maybe want to strive towards a little bit, is what is that conversation that we can think of in our mind that is kind of bizarre? Like somebody in your mind, you're like, oh, shoot, I don't know if I would have ever talked to that person. I don't know if I would have ever uh, struck up a conversation with. What situation would I be in where I have to strike up that conversation and take action on that and, and talk to a person and build a relationship with them and and ask good questions? And um, especially in this story where Jesus, he he breaks down those barriers of, this is weird. This is awkward. And he breaks down the barriers of, um, you know, the, the, inner, the inner sin, you know, and the inner portions of our, our body. He, he brought that out of her. He, he said, oh, yeah, you, I mean, you, you don't have a husband, but really you had five. You know, and the one you live with now, that's not your husband. And, you know, he makes people question and ponder and think about what the, the innermost parts of us are and, and that sin that is so deep but, and, and brings that out of um, this woman. And, and that's something that Jesus does for all of us and hopefully is convicting all of our hearts to, to bring that out. And I hope when we reach the lost, we don't we, we go after people, right? And we, it's, a, it's a people thing. We, we talk to people and we, we bring the people out of them um, because ultimately that's where we're going to reach them. It's through love and care and breaking down borders that maybe they never thought a Christian would ever talk to them um, and going from there. Um, one thing that I've, uh, a big thing that I've learned in my uh, teaching careers so far, um, is that good teaching is just stealing. So I'm going to steal something from Daniel from last week. Um, so if you could throw that uh, curiosity slide up. Um, so what he shared last week, and this is a good review um, of what he talked about, was one thing is that, you know, the Bible use is down, but curiosity is up. Um, when I think about those things, and when I think about curiosity being up, what a beautiful time it is for us to reach people that don't know Jesus, Right? I mean, we have all the, all the people are just like, well, oh, looking at it. And, and when I really look at Gen Z, that's a huge challenge for me as a teacher. Those are the kids that I teach on the daily, right? And kids that are curious and want to know, and kids I get to love well um, and do those things. Um, so instead of myself and something that I really want us to all think about is to never write somebody off by judging them about somebody who might want to know more about Jesus, okay? I know I'm victim to that. A lot of times I might have a kid in my room, or I might have somebody along the street, and I'm like, there's not a chance they are going to know Jesus. There's not a chance they would ever want to hear the gospel. That would just be weird. Um, but I think that is so limiting of who God is and his power to open up a heart, and and somebody who's rich and, and willing to um, be interested, in, and maybe like change their mind and change the notions that they've ever had. God is such a greater plan than I ever will, and I don't want to have that um, thought in my mind come up when I'm thinking about people. I really desire for people to know Jesus, and I, I want to lead people to the cross and have them make the decision. And it doesn't matter if it's somebody I look at and I'm like, they're so far away from Jesus, or they're so close to Jesus and they're not really following him. I want people to, to do it well. Um, And I think there's so many preconceived notions out there about Jesus, Christians, what the Bible says, and all those things, you know, in the media, um, what people say, music, all those things. um, It's just such a good time to actually, like, we get the opportunity to change those preconceived notions. We get that opportunity to do that as well by loving people super well, by bringing bringing them to the the table, uh, bringing them into relationship, having the Earn the right to be heard and, and talk to them about how what an important part of it that is in our life. I mean, this is the thing that should um, lead our conversations and lead our lives and lead our decisions. Um, that is so so important, and that is Jesus. And I hope that that's where we go. So, um, with curiosity and peak, don't don't write anybody off. Like, let's go after people. Let's make sure they know um, who Jesus is. Um, so for me. Um, Personally, I practice this in three different places of how to reach the lost. Um, one in my teaching, coaching, and then in young life. Um, and those are three different um, aspects of my life that's there. Um, in teaching, uh, it's such a wonderful profession, a calling that I've had in my life, um, and something I'm so grateful to have. Um, but the, the thing I have to do is it has to be by action. My My... My gospel ministry in teaching has to be by action. Um, obviously, there's laws in place. I can't just preach at kids as much as I'd want to. Um, that wouldn't really lead anybody there. Um, so I have to do it by action. I have to do it by loving action. Um, and I'm going to get to this in a little bit, but uh, you know, it's not, not just about the words we say. It's a lot about what we do. And people do what people do. They don't do what people say. Um, I, just, I, I know that in my life, and I can see that with myself and my students and all the things that, that go on. Um, One of my mentor teachers, he was uh, somebody who told me, he goes, this is more than a 7 to 3 job. If you think, if you think you're just going to show up to work and you're going to go 7 to 3 and you're going to shut it down and move on, you're in the wrong profession. You have to realize that people are hurting. Kids, uh, they deal with a lot of baggage while I'm trying to teach some math on the side and, uh, you know, try to get them in a place that really matters. Um, A good example of this is students in my room at lunch. Um, I have 25 to 30 kids in my room at lunch every single day. Um, they just show up i didn 't ask them i didn 't do anything besides try to love on kids the best I can, and they show up and I think some of the best ministry I can do is in that kind of b s with the kids you know at lunch um, they They just come we have conversations it doesn 't have to be anything important, but it 's relationship building that I think is so key to when maybe they do show up to young life or I do coach them or I see them outside of school and I send that text, and all of a sudden you know i 'm you know, in the on the front lines with those kids and, and battling for them and, and showing them who Jesus is because of you know conversations we had um, in school and how important that is. So, um, I, what I love about teaching too, and one other thing that I really love is I'm with such a diverse group of people. And I share this with my students a lot. I say you're with probably the most diverse group of people you'll ever be with in your life because so much of our lives, and I'm sure you can all relate to this, but you kind of start to fall into groups that are much more similar to you, and you don't deviate as much from that, but in high school, there are such a wide variety of people, and I love that, because I get to learn so much about different cultures, people, and um, I just try to ask questions, and and listen, and build relationships with kids, because I know that's how Jesus did it, and I know that's how I get to eventually um, share my faith with those people, is because I know them. Um, In coaching, again, by action, um, but it's, it's a little different, because, you know, kids are, this is probably the first time I get to see them, like, open up and be passionate about something, and it's not school, right? (laughs) In math class, kids, like, shut down. There's one girl specifically I remember. She, like, did not say a word for, like, three weeks, and then I saw her at homecoming, and she was like, Mr. Trapp, this is awesome, this is so... I'm like, "Who? what did you do with that girl? Like, that is wild. Um, But it's, like, things like that where I see them in different capacities. Like, coaching is... is a Obviously, that wasn't coaching, but, like, it's a different thing, you know? (laughs) That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, It was a different thing where I got to see them and... Um, I get to mentor them and, and show love and care towards improvement in a sport, but also improvement in his character. I think so much of that is important for us is, is building character um, with people because when I build the character, it's, it's strictly gospel-related. Like That's what I try to do is build it through that way, so then that way when they ask questions about those things, there it is. It's it's like where did you where did you come up with that? Well, let me show you the Bible. Like here it is. You know, this is where it came from. It's so important. Um, and I, I get a different relationship with kids in coaching than I do in teaching, and that's uh, incredible. Um, and then finally, in Young Life, for me personally, um, Young Life has been an amazing ministry. I call it like long-term evangelism um, because you just you just show up for kids. You show up, and you never stop showing up. And and eventually they're like, why does this? why does this weird old guy named Joe keep showing up for me? You know, sorry. I'm um, not sorry. But, you know, like, that is the things that keep happening. And I think for us, that's, and for me, that's what I try to do, is I just try to show up for people. And they wonder why I, I care and love for them. And again, when they ask that question, I can share, and I can be like, hey, you know, this is why, because of Jesus. You know, he's amazing. You should follow him. Um, and... and the, the really key for me, and, and a story that always pops up when I think about young life, is the parable of the sower. Um, and I think of myself as like trying to be more like the sower, where I spread seeds in all different parts, in the rocks, where the birds will eat it, where the thorns are, where that rich soil is, because you never know when it's going to hit that rich soil with a kid and start to sprout and start to grow and, and change in such a um, powerful, powerful way and see their lives change right in front of us. I know all of us, uh, Brian and Joe are here, and they both are young life leaders that have seen change in kids over time, and there's radical change when they just get loved on for even an hour a week, and they're like, what is this place? I don't understand. Like, it's so cool um, to see that happen. Um, One of my students specific, or not my my specifically, but Noelle's students, she has recently told us that we're her role models for marriage, and I'm like, I haven't done this long enough to be a role model, but like, I think it's, it's a burden, but it's also a great challenge because she has never seen that before in her life. She's been in the most broken uh, relationship with her mom and single parent and never got to see marriage done well. And I know that that's something that she'll see a godly marriage and she'll be able to be like, okay, I need to be treated well in marriage. And that's so important um, and something that I get to do and, and minister in that different ways. So I think also a challenge for us all in this room is like, your marriages are important. Like, Pour into them and, and show that to kids. Like your relationship with Jesus is important. Keep pouring into that, so people will see it in, in just your daily action. Um, communally, I think for all of us, we can do this in our community groups. Uh, maybe, maybe it's something that you can do is is to to bless those around you. Uh, maybe once a month, decide to fulfill a need in your neighborhood. Um, I don't know. You could pop out and do some yard work for somebody, especially in this time, I don't know. Um, But that was something I thought of when I was like, how can we do this, like, communally, like, in our little parts of this church? What what does that look like? Maybe we can bless somebody around us just in our neighborhood. Um, Come together, four or five people, and they're like, this neighbor that doesn't know Jesus is like, why are these four or five people coming to help me? Nobody's ever done this. Like, that's a cool thing to do. Um, And then finally, corporately, um, for us, like, as, as the church in general, um, I think we can do this by inviting someone um, we know that has never foot, set foot in a church to something like Congratulations Sherwood that's coming up August 14th, I believe is the right date. I think I said it right, somehow. Um, And that's five churches in the area are going to partner with the YMCA, or five churches and the YMCA are going to partner to put on a picnic and like a fun event for people in the Sherwood community. Um, So that's a great thing to maybe invite somebody to. Um, It's not a threatening environment. Like some people feel like the church may be sometimes. Um, I know that's that's relatable for me with Young Life. We try to create that. Um, And, you know, maybe that's the first time they get to hear the gospel. Or maybe it's the thousandth time they hear the gospel. And maybe that's the time it hits just like the sower. We're spreading seeds. We're trying to we're trying to see what happens. And, and when that relationship hits, we show up and, and we show up for those people. So if somebody committed their life to that, you show up for them over and over and over again. Don't just invite them once and be like, oh, cool. you found Jesus. Sweet. All right. See you later. Like, no, we got to do this in relationship. We have to do this in relationship. That's the only way we can reach the lost. Um, and I was sharing this with Daniel at, at lunch, but I think it's sometimes hard in relationship because those are people you just kind of talk with all the time. You, you do this and it can be harder to like step out of your comfort zone and share it with somebody that you've been in a relationship with because you still have to be re- in a relationship with them where if I just do it on the street, I may never see that person again. And you know what? I, I did it. I tried. But doing it in a relationship will, it, it will always be better. Um, and that's what Jesus did and that's what we have to do. Um, so I want to leave you with a quick quote and conclude with this because I think this, this sums it up well um, for me. Wow, that is a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. Okay, anyways. Um, sorry for the, the eyes that don't see as well. Um, evangelism isn't a doctrine download. It involves doctrine, but God doesn't beam down pure theology onto the unsuspecting. He reaches people through people, and people are tricky. This means evangelism can never be one size fits all. Each encounter will be different. Um, why I love that more than anything is, like I said, it's not about what we say. Okay, I think we all try to have that silver bullet answer. We try to have that perfect thing when somebody somebody asks us a question that challenges our faith, and we're like, I may I have this perfect answer that tells them exactly why I believe this, blah, blah, blah. But it's really not about that. Like God's not just going to be like, boom, theology. You you know, understand Jesus? Like, no. Jesus was a people person. He showed up for people. Um, he he questioned the people that were through their backgrounds, their desires, their motivations, those assumptions that people made about him. He he dove into that. And and when he was challenged, he he challenged people back with questions. He questioned things. He he learned relationship. He he when he uh, came back with an answer, it was often something that would challenge their motivations, challenge their character, and be like wait, what? That's how I'm supposed to think about it? And they didn't realize that. Um, so I think when we're reaching the lost and, um, and we're thinking about how we love people well, um, we ask questions, we listen, and we, we maybe challenge some thinking. So if somebody was, you know, whatever, you could ask if, what gets them up in the morning? You know, what's your motivations each day? When you go through grief, what, who do you look to? What do you, what do you do? And I don't know if people are gonna have a great answer to that. I know for me, obviously, you could share that and be like, well, I look to Jesus when I have, you know, trouble and pain and, and these things, I, I pray and I, I think, like, you know, he's going to come through and I, I have faith that he'll come through. Where some people will be like, I don't know, I just deal with it. <laughs> they don't, they don't know, even know what they're doing. So um, ask people questions, listen to them, be in relationship. Um, and when they're not sure, you just keep showing up. Because when you show up, great things will happen. Um, we reach people through our loving action and not our, our great answer to some, some question. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jalen. Man, that was fantastic. Um, uh, Ian, why don't you come on up? What what I want to do now is I'd like for each of us uh, to grab a pen and paper or phone or something, and uh, we're going to spend a couple minutes listening to the Spirit for the Spirit to share someone in your life who doesn't know Jesus with you. Um, And the reason why we going to listen to the Spirit for this, as I think we all know dozens and dozens of people probably that don't know Jesus, Um, but we're going to lean on the Spirit to share a name or two with us now um, to be praying for, um, to maybe grab coffee with, um, just engage um, on a maybe deeper deeper level than we have been. So, he's going to play some music, but let's pray and just consider. So, Father, as we listen to you right now, we ask... Um, for ears to hear the name or two. Um, Yeah. And as the name comes, just write it down. So let's listen now.